Welcome back to Soul of a Warrior. This is your host, Morgan Pate. Today, I have a lot on my mind. And I know a lot of these podcasts, you you feel more entertained when there's someone else. When there's someone else talking with me, when we're laughing, when we're having a good time, it's, it's fun to hear that conversation. And you don't always want to be working or, or driving wherever you're going to and listen to me talk about these topics that you don't want to hear about. But guess what? That's why I'm doing this. So listen up. Today, I had this memory stuck in my mind from a year ago. Don't you hate when that happens? It's like, why? Why am I thinking about that now? Why? And a lot has happened. So I haven't talked much about my estrangement with my family, mainly my parents. Um, but I would like to go ahead and talk about that and open up about why. And, you know, I've received several letters in the last couple of months um, from my mom specifically. My brother has written to me hoping, you know, that I'm doing well, sending me his best wishes and and love and support, but I just need a break. And I love my brother and sister-in-law and and their kids, and um, but I just need a break from all all of them. So mainly my parents, um, they're the the main, they are the issue here. Um, So my mom has written me several letters and told me that she doesn't understand and blah, blah, blah. Like here's the things that I think that I've done wrong, blah, blah. blah. I haven't, I haven't told her anything. Like if you, if you don't realize why I want to completely cut you out of my life and never speak to again, then you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Right. And there's a lot of people out there that are in that situation, you know, and they, they stay in it. Why they stay in it? Because no matter how this person treats me, they are my parents, they are my sibling, they are my aunt, uncle, cousin, and I would rather take the abuse than cut them out. Well, I'm telling you right now that you don't deserve it. That's your choice to keep them in your life, but do realize that they will never get better if they don't see how their actions are affecting other people. A year ago, my mom and I went to Cosmel, Mexico. We booked this all-inclusive trip. I'm going to rewind it back to the phone call I had in March. It was a snowstorm here in Colorado. My my family lives, lives in Missouri. And I was like, I just want to get away. Like, fuck it. I want to get away. I had some extra money. Um, You know, I just needed a break. And I was looking at all these Caribbean resorts. I'm like, man, it looks amazing. And I'm like, who would I invite? And I thought of my friend Lauren. I was like, man, me and Lauren would have a great time. I was like, you know what? My mom and I should really like try and better our, our relationship because we are very close, but my mom and I used to fight like so bad. We used to fight so bad um, when I was growing up and it wasn't like just a little back and forth nagging. We used to 
scream, both of us, scream and yell at each other. And, like, it was awful. And it didn't really get that bad until I moved out. When when I moved out, it got really bad. And I remember blocking my mom off all my social media when I was 18. Like, I had moved to Florida with the military. I was as far as I could from her and doing anything I could to just freaking get away. And I remember being like, oh, my God, just leave me the F alone. Like, you are suffocating me. You're suffocating me. I need my own life. I'm trying, like, you know, at the same time, I'm alone in in a new city. I'm 18 years old, and I'm, like, trying to do all these grown-up things. I'm trying to make you proud of me, but at the same time, you're suffocating me, and I can't take it anymore, and you're being abusive. And so, you know, my, my dad was working out of town. He didn't see any of it. And the things that he did see, it was, like, manipulated so that it was always my fault, always. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was, I did, at that time, I was extremely immature. I wasn't aware. I wasn't self-aware. And I would, like, lash back at my mom and scream at her and, like, just stop, you know? And when someone is, like, getting under your skin that bad where where you just blow up and you're, like, like, leave me the fuck alone, you know? Like, it's, if it's that bad, if it's to that point, like, you know it's toxic, right? This was my mother. So... Oh, this is years ago. Um, I have so many stories, but I'm I'm I could talk about everything that happened when I was a kid, but I'm just gonna talk about my adult life. So, um, I was married. He's a really great guy. Um, I I don't talk to him. You know, I I've talked to his mom a couple times, but I just have a lot of respect for his new relationship, and I wouldn't want to interfere there. So I don't talk to him. Um, if I needed anything, we are cordial and we, you know, can keep a conversation going. But my parents were so, they were so hypercritical of me um, when I was growing up. And then when I finally got out on my own, he was my first boyfriend, right? First ever boyfriend, first boy that I first love, really. We got married and he wasn't in the military so he moved to Florida to be with me, and I, they were so hypercritical of him to me. They weren't, not to his face. They're always very, very sweet to his face, and he's thinking, like, oh, your parents are awesome. Your parents are so nice. Your parents just bought me a saxophone for Christmas, right? Like, they're giving these me these big gifts. Your parents are so awesome, and behind the scenes, every time I talk to them, they're like, dogging on him or making fun of him or just like nitpicking him so critically this is my husband like you know and it mm, I I wish I had the backbone that I have now like I didn't have a backbone when I was 18 like to stick up for him I just believed everything that they told me and I believed I believed everything they said they're my parents right and even my brother, you know, they'd make fun of him and, and God, I loved him so much. He was awesome. He's an awesome guy. Um, you know, and, and they never accepted me for who I was and who I, they, they raised me to be a very, very strong woman. And most of the men that I am attracted to are 
the opposite. Not that they're not strong. They're just not as like strong willed. I'm very um, blunt. I say what's, I speak my mind. I make rash decisions. Like I'm not afraid of doing that. And I usually date the opposite men who kind of are reserved. They like more dominant women, right? So you kind of get the picture here. So in my household growing up, it was like the dominant. You know, my my dad is dominant. My mom was submissive. But anyway, long story short. So they would, they're just like hypercritical of all my relationships and all me, me, me. Okay. It doesn't seem that bad, right? Um, let's see. There's, there's a lot. I remember. Oh. You know, I, I remember my my husband and I, we got married um, privately and then we, we went back a year later to actually have our ceremony. And during that time, we usually split the time in half. We'd stay like half with my parents, half with his. And I remember my mom coming downstairs and and Seth and I were, were in my room Um just packing up our stuff, getting ready to leave. And my mom was mad about something like mad. It was like, I want to say it was like something along the lines of you don't want to spend any time with me. It was because it was because we were going over to his parents' house to spend time with his family. I think we're going to go the next day. And she just got mad. Like she wanted all of our time. Like she wanted to control it all. She and I remember her coming down the stairs and just fucking screaming at me. And Seth had never seen that, right? Seth had always seen the the fake facade. We're so perfect. We love you so much. Ah. And this is the first time that he was like, oh, my God. He had never seen the mask taken off before. She was screaming at the top of her lungs at me. And... I couldn't, like, it was so overwhelming. I'm like, we need to leave right now. Like, I can't be here. I can't do this. And when we we left, we were on the the dirt road, and we met my dad on the road. And I was crying, and he's like, your mom called me. What's going on? And he's, he's, like, looking at me like I'm the problem. Like, it's my fault, right? It's always my fucking fault. And... I try to tell him, like, mom, like, I don't know. It's not, it's not me. I swear. It's like, she's manipulating you think to think it's me. And like, she just screamed at me, but you didn't see it. You didn't witness any of it, but you're going to get her side and then treat me bad or, or tell me I need to treat her better. Right. So that's the kind of the dynamic my, my family has toward me. So moving on, Seth and I, we are getting divorced. I call my parents. I say, hey, you know, this is something that we've really thought about. Like, it's a long time coming. Um, we just, we're still friends. We're still living together. We're keeping it cordial. He's finishing school, but we just don't really think that this is a good fit for either of us. Like, this is just not, we, we're, we've grown apart. Um we're going in different directions. We want different things. He wants to be close to his family, and I do not. I want. I do not want to be close to my family at all. 
clearly. And, you know, my mom's first response, literally, I remember that conversation. Well, I just want you to know that we're not going to pay for another wedding. That was it. That was her, like, that was her response to her daughter getting a divorce. Um, She didn't try and console me. She didn't say, are you okay? She didn't say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And, and, you know, I am going to say that I don't, I don't need the pity. I'm, I'm a strong person and I've grown up strong and I've grown up with this woman. And so that I know, I know that I'm never going to get sympathy or pity. I'm not asking for that. I just, sometimes you need your, your fucking parent to, to like be there or like somebody to be there when you're calling them and being like, Hey, I don't know what to do. And you're a kid. I was a kid. I was 22 years old. Um, no, I was, I wasn't even 22 yet. I was 21 still. Um, I was a freaking kid and calling my parents, you know, I, I say parents, I call my mom cause she's the only one. If I try to call my dad, she's still there in the background on speakerphone, like in his ear telling me what to say. So it's like no fucking, you know, pointless to call him. So she did that and it was just kind of like, okay, I'm on my own with this. You know, I'm on my own. No one gives a shit about me. Okay. Uh, so, a couple weeks later, he graduated college. And we were still together, right? We were still friends, living together. And my family and his family came down. And we threw him, like, this big party. Um, and I was so frustrated. Like, they... They showed their support, you know, they they made the effort to come down, but it wasn't like, oh, we care about you. Like it's it was weird, you know, it's weird. It's like not it's not that we care about you so much, we're gonna come see your graduation. It's it's let's show face. Let's make it appear that we're supportive of you in your uh, relationship and that you're about to get a divorce. Let's m- go the extra mile to make sure that everyone knows that we're good people because you're about to fuck this relationship up, right? We're good people. And this is, they would never, they came down maybe three times or so, I don't know, and they would never stay for more than a day or two. Um, so after that, I just stopped giving a shit. I started being more blunt. I started being myself more. And I thought it was funny. Like, I thought it was funny to be rebellious and embarrass them. And, like, get tattoos and do things that they didn't want me to do. Smoke weed and get super blackout drunk and embarrass them. Because I thought it was funny. They cared so much about what other people thought of us and, you know, our image and what would people think and we're perfect people and blah, 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 blah. But little does anyone know the bullshit that goes on behind the scenes. She's either a narcissist or a psychopath. And he, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But 
yeah, so I am the scapegoat. I am very rebellious. I enjoy being rebellious because I think it's funny. Uh, I think it's it's funny to to you know slap in the face to them to be like, we're not perfect. I hope everyone sees it. Um, okay, so then I started, let's see. A year later, so this is a year after the divorce, I found out that I was getting deployed. And I needed a place to keep my dogs. I have two boxers. Well, on a deployment, it was like three three months before I left. Plenty of time to, to find a place I thought, but it's really hard to find a place long term. I looked at all the um, like foster homes and things like that everywhere was booked I looked for like a month and a half and I talked to my mom about it I said hey do you think because they they had watched my dogs previously for an entire month while I was at training for five weeks um so during that five weeks I lived in a hotel and I away from home and I couldn't have my dogs so they watched them during that five weeks later I asked my parents if they could watch them during the six-month deployment and my mom said you, we will take Lily, but we're not going to take Luigi. Okay. My dogs are, are good dogs. They're sweet dogs. Luigi is my favorite. Um, so she said she didn't talk about this with my father, right? So he doesn't know any of this. He just is going to hear the backstory of what I did in response to her, right? So she said that we're only going to take one of your dogs. You're going to have to get rid of the other one. And I said, no, no, I'm not. And so I made a a video and, and some of you may remember this, but I made this long freaking video with Sarah McLaughlin like, I, I will remember you in the background, and it was sad, and it was comical to me because 3,000 people saw it, and I got so many people that reached out and said, oh, my God, we'll watch your dogs. You're deploying. Oh, my God. Even my ex reached out and was like, hey, I will take the dogs. I do not want them to go to someone else. And I, yes, was that manipulative? Uh, kind of, but no, I, like, seriously needed – someone to watch my dogs and I knew okay it was manipulative but I knew that that would embarrass her because we're this perfect fucking family but she is a narcissist and she tries to control you know she wants me to get rid of one of my dogs she wants to be in control of that so I said f you I'm gonna do this and embarrass you and show that you're not gonna watch my dogs and then she she responded with, oh, my God, stop. We'll watch them. And then she took them, right? Granted, they didn't take them for free. I paid her. I paid her, like, mm, I paid her for dog food, vet bills. She didn't pay for anything. And I also, I have, like, records of this. Um, I also, I sent her money every month for the dogs. Like, large, a lot, a lot of money. And so... It's not like she's taking them for free. She, I pay for everything. Okay. 
when I was in boot camp, when I first joined the military, I had this horse, right? Um, I should back up maybe. So I used to ride horses and I was in the rodeo in high school. I rode flags and stuff. It was so much fun. And my good friend, Carrie Johnson and I, we were such good friends, but my mom kind of did the same thing. Like my mom would talk so bad about her and then like be super nice to her face. But like to me at home, she would like talk so bad about her and like wouldn't let her come over. I'd say, Hey, can, can I go do this with Carrie? And she'd like be mean and say mean things. And, um, I remember Carrie and I went up against each other as ready queen candidates and Carrie won. And I never, I'm not a mean person. I was, Carrie was my best, best friend. And I like never felt any type of way about it. Yeah. I mean, losing sucks, but that's life, right? Carrie won rodeo queen. And I was so happy for her because Carrie is a genuine cowgirl. Carrie grew up on a farm. She lives on a farm now. She's an awesome, good-hearted person, and she deserved that. She worked hard for it. My mother went up to her after she won and just, like, reamed her. My mom did that to my best friend because I didn't win, and she didn't think Carrie deserved it. And no one saw that. That was abusive. That was fucking abusive, uncalled for, and out of line. Carrie and I don't have the same relationship that we did back then. That is that is my fault. But, you know, these things happen. So, um, the next year after that was my senior year of high school. My mom bought me this all-black saddle. I never touched a horse after that. I didn't want to. It was like... It wasn't for me. I enjoyed it a lot, but it wasn't for me. It was for my mom to relive her childhood dream of being a rodeo queen. And it was like reliving through me, using me as a pawn. That shit was not for me. So she got me this really nice black saddle and I never touched it. I never even got it out of the closet. I'll I'll bring this up later. Okay, so... When I left um, the summer after I graduated high school, I left for boot camp. And while I was in boot camp, my mom sold my horse. She, she later, when I, when Seth and I got married and, and I found out that I was moving into an actual house, I, I needed a pet. I needed a pet because I was going to be alone. I had never lived alone before. I was 18. I was moving to a new state. And even though we were married, he was still in Missouri finishing college for the semester. So I would be living alone. And I asked her if I could take my cat, Susie. She hated Susie. She hated that cat so much. And everyone knew it. She screamed at the cat. She's like, I hope you die. And she let her dog in and the dog would chase the cat. She said I couldn't take her with her with me. You can't take the cat. Soon after, I called and she told me that she didn't tell me right away. She never told me right away that it happened. She just her dog just happened to get inside. The dog just happened to get inside. 
chased the cat down, grabbed the cat by the head, squeezed it so hard that Susie's head blew up. Um, and it killed her. She died. And there were a lot of, like, in my head, there was a lot of red flags. It sounded so innocent. Like, it sounded like just another thing. But there's a lot of red flags that I was like, you know, like, you didn't, I bet you that you didn't do anything to stop it or prevent it. And you probably let the dog in um, after getting rid of the horse, the cat dying, um, not telling me that I needed to get rid of one of my dogs in order to watch them. Um, telling me that I, that they're not going to pay for another wedding, um, instead of showing support. And then it was really strange. She used that, that saddle against me recently, like in the last year or two, she said, she said something about, um, she's, she's tries to use it like it meant something to me like that's mine and I and she gave it away to hurt me or something tried to do that but like I don't give a shit about the saddle like that was your dream not mine you know and she told me she looked at me and said oh yeah I didn't tell you I gave away the saddle and she just looked at me and smirked and like waited for a reaction and I was like awesome like just another you know, thing that showed me that she doesn't give a shit about me, you know, it was, it was that, and, um, I was like, awesome, that's really great, like, that's not my dream to live out, that was yours, and you're just using me as a pawn, okay, so, oh, there's a lot more, there's a lot more stuff, but if I got into everything, we'd be here all day, these are just, I'm just using the big points that have kind of piled up over time and as I've gotten older I've, I've realized it more and more um so moving fast forward to this trip to Mexico it was like in April when I asked her hey mom you wanna go to Mexico with me and my dad's in the background are you sure you want to do that it's like you know because I'm the problem right I'm the the one that causes all the issues I'm the I'm the bad one I'm the scapegoat right my mom agreed to go with me, and then all of a sudden, like, literally a month later, she planned a very similar trip with her mom uh, to a beach in Texas, and it was like, yeah, I took my mom on a, on a trip. It was just weird, like, okay, cool, like, okay, now we're in competition again. Because uh, that happens frequently. And she was just telling me, she was doing a recap of the, the vacation. And she's telling me how she, she kind of, she screamed at her mom. And like, and she's like, do you think that was bad? And I'm thinking like, why the fuck would you act like that? You are a 50 year old woman. Why are you acting like you're five years old? Screaming at people, screaming at elderly women. Like, oh my gosh. I was so nervous. I was so nervous to go on this trip with her. 
so in between this time my my aunt died and i went home to her funeral and my mom had said you don't need to come back they know that you care and i'm thinking look this woman my aunt was like a grandma to me a grandma that i didn't have right and i'm like this woman passed away and she she wasn't there for me like for everything but just about everything she was there i'm like that meant so much more to me than you know than you know a lot of the people like i remember them coming to track meets i remember them showing up you know before i got deployed and they're always showing their support always 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 and man no my aunt and uncle both great aunt and uncle they just really uh were there for me a lot and my mom said you don't have to come i said i'm coming you know i am coming and so i during that time So during that time, my dog, I brought my dogs with me to Missouri. My parents live on a farm and Luigi went under a barbed wire fence and cut his ear. Well, it was, it was extremely deep cut. We had to leave in like an hour for the funeral. Um, it was a Saturday evening and I was like, I don't know what to do, mom. And she's like, oh, just put a butterfly bandaid on it. That'll fix it. Like, what the fuck? Like, is there, do you have any, like, oh, mama, like, do you have, like, any real care or compassion for anyone? Like, this dog has, like, an inch deep, I don't know what to do, this inch deep cut. I don't know what to do. So, I was there for three days. Like, I got there Saturday, went to the funeral. I was there Sunday, and my mom left for her trip with her her mom, and then uh, I was just there by myself on Monday because my dad didn't want to um, take off work because he's he's self employed. He uh he didn't want to stop working for his daughter that he only gets to see once a year because I only come home once a year. Um. So. I was there by myself most of the day, and then I ended up taking my dog to an emergency vet on my way back home, and it was pretty bad. His whole face was swollen. It was severely infected. <sighs> After that, I, like, had so much anger. I'd, I remember being in the gym and, like, not understanding my emotions and just being filled with this rage. You know, this rage toward my family. Like, I hate you guys so much. I hate that you're not there for me. I hate that you don't make time for me. I hate that you're manipulative. I hate that you act like you're on my side. And then you use everything against me like daggers to get me down. You want to keep me down below you. And, uh, I struggled with that. I went back to therapy because of that. I, 
I struggled a lot. I had so much anxiety going on this trip with my mom. And so we, we finally went on it. And it was fun, right? It was it was a good time. But there were a lot of things that really opened my eyes. I wouldn't give her attention. Like, I wouldn't sit there and give her attention. And so she would, she would um, like, look over at other couples and get their attention and, and start up conversation about her hair and like her she wanted people to you know and uh I remember if you've ever ever been to a resort the sidewalks it's kind of like a little maze right and they try to make it like a jungle real secluded and it's really fun and we're there for a week so it's not like we were in the same room for a week and it's like my mom could never remember where the room was and it it got to a point where I'm like, okay, you're you're literally playing dumb right now to get attention. And like, I don't understand this. I don't understand how you're getting attention from this, but you're acting like a child. And it was like, oh, is this it? Like it was weird. And I felt I remember leaving that trip feeling like I was the parent and she was the kid and like I constantly had to be in charge of her and I constantly had to take care of her and I constantly god it was exhausting and while we were there we we were in mopeds and it was it was a lot of fun well I'm kind of crazy fast and furious you know and I zoomed past her she was trying to move around a pothole and I zoomed past her and I hit her moped and she fell off of it and she she scratched or she like hurt her elbow I was laughing okay maybe I okay okay I know I like didn't show any compassion for her but like I was laughing because this whole fucking trip I'm babying the shit out of her and she gets hurt, and I'm like, I'm just laughing. Like, grow up. You're fine. You're you're not bleeding. Like, you have a little nick, but you're fine. Um, you know, and I'll uh, I'll I'll add this detail in later. But she, for months on end, she'd bring up every single time I talked to her. It's like. Yeah, my elbow is just like this guilt trip of like how hurt she is. My elbow, I'm just still, I'm in so much pain. And like, okay, I understand you're in, in so much pain, but like, do you really have to put on this show in this guilt trip every single time I talk to you to make me feel bad? Because I'm the one who knocked you off the moped. I already feel bad. I felt bad then. I feel bad now. But for the last eight conversations I've had with you, you've retold me this story over and over and over to get sympathy and no oh, lord have mercy at when the trip was over our flight got delayed and this is the this was the turning point for me we're at the airport and our flight got delayed and we're we're waiting hours and hours and hours and my mom just she she was in this mood or she wanted attention and she I'm I'm very close with her 
um, quote unquote best friend. And my mom started talking shit about her. And I said, Mom, I care a lot about her. I'm not going to say talk, sit here and talk bad about her because, you know, she's done nothing but, you know, be nice to me. She's been supportive. She's been there for me. Like that woman, that woman's a really good person. She's a good heart. Like you don't understand what she's going through. Maybe you should ask her, you know, and she was talking bad about her and she got mad. She got mad at me for sticking up for her friend. And so she, she's like, um, it's been a long time. She made a comment, I think about like, us being close like yeah I know you're close to her now and she must be so much better of a mom than me you know and and then uh I was ignoring her I wouldn't I wouldn't let her get that satisfaction I I she couldn't get a rise out of me because I was setting a, a boundary with her saying like look this is someone I really care about you cannot change my perception of them um, this is a good person. We're not going to sit here and do this. And she gets mad and, and throws a fit and she, she gets her stuff and she walks away. So while she walks away, I'm talking to the gentleman next to me. I'm not, if you're, if you're still following this, I just, here's how you deal with narcissistic people. You set your hard boundary. You don't cater to them. They get up and walk away and pout. You are not in charge of their emotions. You're in charge of your own emotions. Do not get up and chase them. Do not coddle them. Do not ask them what is wrong. They're trying to get a rise out of you. So... I directed my attention to the gentleman next to me. I started small talk. We were having a very nice conversation. My mom comes back, interrupts me, and said, I just got off the phone with your dad. I was checking on your dogs. Like, look at me. I'm doing something for you. And you're treating me like this, right? It was that. And I said, oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And I turned back around and I continued my conversation. While I was talking, my mom gets up and, and takes her things and walks away. At this point, it's been a while and I'm like, okay, this conversation is over now. But she, she wants me to chase her around the airport, right? Or chase me around the airport because I'm mad and I am not getting what I want and I am acting like a child, you know. So I go, I, I'm done with my conversation. I set that boundary. When I was finished, I got my things. I moved and I sat beside my mom. This is what was stuck on my mind today. My mom, in that moment, I sat down and I was, I was dressed cute. I liked to, to dress up. I liked to look good. I liked to feel good. I sat next to her. She said, you know you're not rich, right? Are you flipping kidding me? Are you flipping kidding me? I know I'm not rich. 
does that mean I have to to not like dress nice or not feel good about myself? Why is it that my own mother is knocking me down? Why is it that my own mom has to con- constantly, when she doesn't get her way, she has to constantly, you know, take a hammer at my ankles and, and break me down constantly? Mm. So, I basically, I'm not very good with comebacks, but my comeback was, well, since you're a personal finance teacher, I think, I, I would think that you would know how to invest Because she's not fucking rich either. And she's like, oh, that sounds personal. Like a personal attack. And I'm like, oh, does it? Does it? Because, like, that's exactly what you're fucking doing to me. And um, no one sees that. No one sees how my mom treats me. It's always what I say to her, right? That's that's. So after that, she gets up and she goes and sits in the window and she can see my reflection in the window but she sits across the airport and just sits there and pouts for several hours hours while we wait because our flight got delayed like literally I couldn't that woman drives me up the fucking wall and so this is this is kind of leading up to the estrangement. So in November, it it was my dad's birthday and Thanksgiving and my mom that's like the only time I had off school and my mom had previously tried to like several months prior say we're coming up for Thanksgiving. Oh, wait, wait. I'm, I'm missing a big chunk of this. Sorry. Sorry, guys. So when I was leaving uh, their house, so we just got back from Mexico. I was at my parents' house. I was leaving. I was packing the car to go to Colorado. I have two big dogs in a Subaru Forester. It's a small, compact SUV. I needed to fit all my luggage and everything for the dogs and have room for the dogs for like a 13-hour drive to Colorado. So... I pack it the way I need to so that I have access to the things I need access to along the road when we're stopping, you know, pit stops, everything. I pack it the way I need to. I said, my mom said, can I help? And I said, no, I'd like to do it. You know, I would like to do this. I need to pack it the way I need to pack it. She literally stood on the sidewalk like a like, you know, a child doesn't get like an ice cream cone and they pout and they just like have this sulking face and their arms down at their sides. My, that's what my mom was doing on the sidewalk, like, <laughs> you know, pouting. And I'm packing my car and I'm like, look, I need it to be a certain way because it makes it easier for me to travel this way. And like, I need to have access to the dogs. I need it packed a certain way. It's comfortable for them. It's comfortable for me. Um, and so I went inside and my mom and dad were standing. It's like my dad, she, I don't know what she told him, but it's like, they think that I'm being mean to my mom, but my mom is just like putting on this act, this show. I go back in and my parents are standing there. My mom's still doing it. And my dad's looking at me. He doesn't understand. And I'm like, are you guys mad at me? Pause that. If you have toxic people in your life, 
How often do you say, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Because you're constantly trying to guess their emotions because you don't know. They turn it around on you. They gaslight you. They manipulate you. And you don't understand what you did wrong. So that's how it is. Okay. So, and uh, that's how it was. It was weird. I, I said, did I do something wrong? I was literally packing up my car. And she, my mom had said something to me. It was just the strangest thing. Like, I guess I, I'm not good for anything or something. Like, she does that shit. I guess I'm just not a good mom. Like, um, no, I need my car packed the way I need it, the way I need it packed. So, long story short, um, she's a teacher. She, she was in, in charge of, like, an FBLA conference um, that happened over Thanksgiving. During that, tr- during that time, she said, we're going to come, we're going to come see you during Thanksgiving. And I had had enough of her at this, at this point. I said, we'll see. We'll see when the time comes. Okay, so that, knowing that that was my only real break off, um, you know, she she wanted to do this FBLA thing, which is fine, completely fine. I don't really want to see you guys anyway. I don't want you at my house. I don't want to deal with it. You know, I it's a break from school, which is stressful enough. I don't want to deal with my manipulative parents. So my mom had went to an FBLA conference. My dad was alone, and he was sick, and so my brother couldn't go see him. So he was just alone on on his birthday, and um. He didn't call me on Thanksgiving at all. It was my mom. My mom had called me. My my dad didn't say a word to me. Um, that hurt. That was a knife into the fucking heart. Didn't call me on Thanksgiving. Fucking cool, man. Cool. So for his birthday, since I had went on a trip with my mom previously, I had bought him a like a four-day pass to a ski resort that's not cheap um i had sent it to him to his house i had his name like his picture on it and everything ready to go um for christmas i got like a, a refund of cash back in a card and he had never said anything to me about it um he never came out here never messaged me, never talked to me about it. When Christmas rolled around, I chose to work and I didn't want to go home. I didn't want them to come out here. Like, I don't want to fucking deal with it. So I called her on Christmas, called my mom and she answered the phone and she was pouting and she would barely talk to me. And she said, you want to talk to your dad? And I'm like, sure. I called you, but sure. I'll talk to dad. And she walked outside, held the phone for like 10 minutes in her hand with it turned around facing my dad. So she was there the whole time. She had control the whole time, but she didn't want to talk to me. When my dad came back inside, he was holding the phone and I, I had told him, sometimes I have to force my life onto him so that he knows what's going on with me, even though he doesn't really ask or, or seem interested. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I said, Dad, this is what I've been up to. I'm interested in doing MMA. I've been bodybuilding, I'm lifting weights, you know. 
Um, I'm up. This is what I've been up to. Blah blah blah. He looked at me. He said, "He like there's a long pause." And my mom kind of like rolled her eyes and walked away. And he said, "Oh, cool." And he flipped the camera around and pointed at something that he got my mom for Christmas. And I like in that moment, my heart fucking broke like if you've ever had rejection from your parents I'm a grown-ass woman I'm an adult but I have had a lifetime of experience with rejection from my father of you know my mom always it's called triangulating when she does something to me she uses my reaction to blame it on blame the whole problem on me and like triangulates it so that my dad also blames it on me. So my whole life it's like I'm the fucking problem. And uh, I think after that I was just kind of done. Uh, my heart is broken and I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of my parents making me feel this way. You know, you're my parents. I want to be proud of you. Like I want to look up to you. But like really... You're hurting me more than anything. You're really hurting me. And I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't keep being angry. I can't keep fighting with you. I am hurt. It's not just a little, you know, it didn't just happen overnight. It's a lifetime of hurt and pain and neglect and rejection. And... It hurts, you know. Um, I'd say the cherry on top was my, my brother has a really sweet wife. And my mom has, has done nothing but triangulate and, and talk bad about her and make her seem like an evil person. And she's not at all a bad person. She's a really great wife. She's a really great mother to her kids. And... She tries to turn everyone against her, and that was that was when I had enough. You can treat me like this all you want. You can continue to treat me bad, but you sure as hell are not going to treat someone who's married into this family. You're not going to treat them bad because they don't deserve that shit. You treat me bad because I'm your daughter. You fucking do it. Treat me bad all fucking day because... I, I can tell you what, I don't have to be in this family. I don't have to be a part. But someone who's married into it, someone that you need to respect and be kind to, you're not going to treat her that way. And I, I've, I messaged my sister-in-law and was like, hey, look, I'm really sorry that you've had to deal with this. And that she, you, you know, I told her that I didn't want to see my mom again. Like, I don't want her in my life if she's not going to change. Um, but yeah, I basically... Yeah, basically using the kids as pawns is what my mom does. And um, my, my dad's not innocent either. He's some, he's an enabler. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's neglectful. But, you know, um, there's some other things that, that I remember. I remember getting sexually abused when I was a kid. No one had ever talked to me about it. Um, it has happened in my adult life and I didn't understand, I didn't understand it. And I've had, I've had trauma responses. I've had like PTSD triggers. If you don't know what a trigger is, it's like, 
it's like I feel like I'm back in reliving another scenario. Like I'm in the present moment, but in my head, I'm panicking and I'm like living in this other world of of like another scenario that happened a long time ago. And um, I've had triggers of of being a, a, a child getting sexually abused and um, molested. And it happened when I was a kid. And that was, you know, that was a big reason why I, I decided to cut them out too, because I'm like, you know, where the fuck were you? Why didn't you get me help? Um, you know, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I have issues, but it's your fucking fault. It's not my fault. It's your fault. And you guys are, are awful. Um, you're manipulative. You're neglectful. Like, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't do the, deal with the abuse. I, I want to change the cycle. I want to be the change. And the hardest part is speaking out about it. The hardest part is talking about these things because I've always been told, like, you're going to embarrass us. You're going to, you know what? This is my pain. No one else is. So if I can help someone else by explaining my, my issues and that you're not alone and, um, you know, this is what I went through and I chose to completely cut my family out. I chose to join the military. I chose to get away. I chose to, to eventually at, at 26 years old, I decided to, the estrangement was the best choice for me. Um, it's been extremely hard. It feels like I'm mourning my whole family. Um, there's depression there. There's, there was months of, of constantly like reliving all the memories, um, you know, my dad grabbing my mom by the hair and beating her head against the dryer, like reliving them. And I'm like, you know, that's fucking why. That's fucking why I decided to walk away. And basically, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I making this podcast? Why am I telling the whole world my problems? Because what I went through wasn't normal, but there's so many people out there that I've gone through, are going through, or have gone through worse. And the way that I can help you is by telling you my story, telling you what I did, the steps I took to heal, um, estrangement, getting as far as w- away as you can, blocking them, um, speaking out, talking about your problems because people don't understand. You're, the people, my friends don't understand and they don't have to understand, but they're there for me. They don't understand, but they're there for me. And that's all that matters, right? So um, your friends are your family. You remember that. And and blood isn't always thicker than, than water, you know? Like, they say that, but, you know, friends are, you know, a lot more reliable, a lot more supportive than family sometimes. And you can heal. You can get out of whatever situation that you're in. It's going to be okay. And you're not alone. There's a whole world out there full of people that have gone through situations just like yours. You're not alone. Um, It's so easy to feel alone and feel unsupported when you walk away from your family because you're like, no one cares about me. But guess what? Um, You know, I turn to God. I know that's not for everyone, but I will tell you that it is. That is the solution to all of your problems solution to to all of my problems and God and just having religion and and what the Bible says you know that's that's 
been a real helping hand guiding me through life and guiding me, um, getting out of, you know, the destructive path I was going down and, and walking away from, um, getting blackout drunk several nights a week. And, um, you know, I was choosing, yeah, you know, people could say it's normal to party, but like I, I was choosing alcohol as, as my coping mechanism and I was getting blackout drunk several times a week, spending my paychecks at the bars, um, hooking up with dudes to get attention. And then I walked away from it and I found God and I realized that God is the solution and he teaches you in the, the Bible teaches you how to live a life. And I'm telling you that because I don't have parents that created, um, that were good role models for me. Okay. And I'm telling you that the Bible has helped me know how to live my life according to my values and my morals. And it gave me some sort of like, um, you know, step-by-step instructions basically on what the right things to do are. And maybe Christianity isn't for everyone. You know, I know that people have spoke about other religions, but I, 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 I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus is, is the only solution for your problems. Um, other than that, (laughs) I, I'd like to talk to you, you know, if, if you'd like to open up about your story and, and speak on my podcast openly and and talk about your experiences, I'd love to have you on. We don't have to use your name, but I would love to sit down and, and talk with other people. This is what this platform is for. I'm not getting commission off of this, like literally one cent per listen. So like, don't worry about, it's not a moneymaker. I'm just, I think that getting your stories out there is important and, and knowing that for other people that they're, they're not alone, you know, and, and if you're strong enough to speak out about it, um, you can really help other people. So just remember that if you're interested at looking up my apparel, my website is www.soulofawarrior.com. And my Instagram is soul underscore of a warrior. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.